Welcome to an explanation of the faith as it accompanies Luther's small catechism, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Question 230. Why does the Lord's Prayer come after the Creed in the Catechism? The Ten Commandments reveal how God created us to live with Him and others. The Creed shows us all that God has done, that we might be His children and live according to His will. In the Lord's Prayer, we now pray for God's will to be done and for His gifts to be received in the face of all dangers. Question 231. What is prayer? Prayer is speaking to God in words and thoughts. Psalm 19 verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Question 232. How does God initiate prayer? God first comes and speaks to us through his word, thus inviting us to respond in prayer. In his word, God, A, commands us to approach him in prayer to show how earnestly he wants to help us. Psalm 105 verse 1. O give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 17 and 18. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. B. God promises to hear our prayers so that we can approach him in confidence. Matthew 21, verse 22. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. John 16, verse 24. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. James 1, verses 6 and 7. Let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. C. God gives us the very words that we can use in prayer and that can serve as a pattern for prayer. Matthew 6, verse 9. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven. Note, the book of Psalms, often called the prayer book of the Bible, is filled with prayers that our Father gives us to use. Jesus often referred to the Psalms and prayed them. Matthew 27, verse 46. Psalm 22, verse 1. Luke 23, verse 46. Psalm 31, 5. Matthew 21, verse 16. Psalm 8, verse 2. Matthew 22:44, Psalm 110, verse 1, and John 10, Jesus quotes Psalm 23 and Psalm 95. And Christians have followed his example in worship and personal prayer ever since. Question 233. What kinds of prayer do we find in the Bible? Prayers in the Bible take the form of a. Confession, in which we acknowledge our sins to God, such as Psalm 51. b. Request, in which we seek God's help, such as Psalm 22. C. Intercession, in which we pray for others, such as Psalm 82. D. Thanksgiving, in which we express our gratitude for God for His gifts, such as Psalm 118. E. 
lamentation, or complaint, in which we express our sorrows to God, such as Psalm 10. F. Praise and adoration, in which we extol God's wonderful deeds and qualities, such as Psalm 136. Question 234. What do all these forms of prayer have in common? In each case, prayer acknowledges that we receive life and all good gifts from God. Question 235. How does God answer prayer? God our Father hears the prayers of His children and answers in His own way and in His own time. Isaiah 65 verse 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. 2 Corinthians 12 verses 8 and 9. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. These passages incur us to pray in faith and confidence. Matthew 8 verses 5 through 13, where Jesus healed a centurion servant. Matthew 9, verses 1 to 8, where Jesus healed a paralytic. Exodus 3, verses 7 to 10, about how the Lord planned to rescue Israel from Egypt. And Luke 18, verses 1 to 8, where Jesus tells the parable of the persistent widow. Question 236. For whom should we pray? We should pray for ourselves and for all other people, even for our enemies. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Matthew 5, verse 44. Pray for those who persecute you. Read Luke 18:13 about the tax collector who prayed for himself. Genesis 18:23-32 about how Abraham prayed for Sodom. Matthew 15, 22-28, about the Canaanite woman who prayed for her daughter. Luke 23, verse 34, about how Jesus prayed for his enemies. And Acts 7, verse 60, about Stephen praying for his enemies. In Scripture, we have no command or encouragement to pray for the dead. See Hebrews 9, verse 27. Those who die in Christ do not need our prayers. Those who die apart from Christ cannot be helped by our prayers. Question 237. Where should we pray? We should pray everywhere, when we are alone, with our families, and in church. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Matthew 6 verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Luke 5, verse 16. Jesus would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Acts 12, verse 5. Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Question 238. How often should we pray? Our Father encourages us to pray regularly and frequently, even constantly, and especially in time of trouble, the Holy Spirit turns even our sighs and groans into prayers. Psalm 65, verse 8. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. Psalm 119, verse 164. 
Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. Luke 18, verse 1. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 17 and 18. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Read Acts 2, verse 46, through chapter 3, verse 1, and note how the early Christians kept the customary hours of prayer. Note, Martin Luther's comments about prayer. A Christian without prayer is just as impossible as a living person without a pulse. The pulse is never motionless. It moves and beats constantly, whether one is asleep or something else keeps one from being aware of it. See Simple Prayer in the appendix for Luther's simple explanation of prayer. Question 239. Do my prayers need to be in a polished form or in a set pattern of words? As dear children of our Heavenly Father, we pray through faith in Christ, even if our words are simple and unadorned. As Christians, we also have access to a rich treasury of prayers in the scriptures, liturgy, and devotional writings. See also Simple Prayer in the appendix. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Question 240. What is the Lord's Prayer? It is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked him for instruction on how to pray. Many Christians refer to it as the Our Father, based upon its opening words. Luke 11, verses 1-4 to Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Matthew 6, verses 7 through 13. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Note, the Lord's Prayer that we pray today is based on the prayer recorded in Matthew 6. The ending, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, is not in the oldest manuscripts of the Bible. These words were included early in church history as a response of praise at the conclusion of the prayer. Question 241. For what does Jesus teach us to pray in the seven petitions of the Lord's Prayer? The Lord's Prayer teaches us to seek all that we need from God. In the first three requests, we pray for things about God. In the last four requests, we pray for our needs, both physical and spiritual. Question 242. How has the Lord's Prayer been used? Because the Lord's Prayer is the prayer that Jesus gave to teach us to pray, 
it is not only regularly used in worship services, but it also serves as a model or pattern for our own prayers. The Introduction to the Lord's Prayer Our Father, who art in heaven. What does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that He is our true Father and that we are His true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask Him as dear children ask their dear Father. I'll give prayer a chance. What could it hurt? Sometimes people seek help from God as a last resort or as an act of desperation. What does praying on the outside chance that it might work, or only as a last resort, say about someone's view of God? Read Luke 15, to 32 about the parable of the lost son. How is God portrayed here? As Christians, we confess that God welcomes us with open arms, so that we can always approach Him in complete confidence as our dear Father, on account of Christ our brother. Say a prayer in which you thank God for the invitation and encouragement to pray. Question 243. How does Jesus invite us to pray? He invites us to call upon God as our Father. Matthew 6 verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven. Question 244. How is it possible that we dare to call God Father? Because in Christ, we have been adopted as God's children. Galatians 3 verse 26. In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Galatians 4, 4 4-6. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Romans 8, verses 15 and 16. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. 1 John 3, verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it does not know Him. Question 245. How does calling upon God as our Father shape our prayers? A. We pray with boldness and confidence, knowing that God is our true Father, that is, our loving and beloved Father, who wishes to help us. John 14, verses 13 and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Ephesians 3, verses 11 through 15. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
b. We pray with and for all Christians, for we are all children of our Father in heaven. Ephesians 4 verse 6 There is one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. Galatians 3 verse 26 For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God, through faith. Question 246 Why do we call him our Father who is in heaven? We are not calling upon our earthly father, but a father who is Lord over all creation. Psalm 124 verse 8 Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Luke 1 verse 37 For nothing will be impossible with God. Acts 17 verse 24 The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Question 247. To whom do we address our prayers? We pray only to the one true God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and not to idols, ancestors, saints, angels, or anything else that God has created. Matthew 4, verses 9 and 10. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Revelation 22, verses 8 and 9. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you, and your brothers the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Question 248. How does the New Testament teach us to pray? The New Testament teaches us that Christian prayer is a. Addressed to the Father Matthew 6 verse 9 Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven. 1 Peter 1 verse 17 If you call on him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Ephesians 3 verses 14 to 17 for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. b. Prayed in Jesus' name, that is, through faith in Christ in accordance with his will. Only those who believe in and pray in the name of Jesus may expect to be heard. John 14, verse 14. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John 16, verse 23. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. C. Enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Jude 20 But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, and praying in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6 verse 18 Pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. Read Acts 4 verses 23 to 31 Notice the requests that are made and the role played by the Holy Spirit. 
The only true God is the one who has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Question 249. Can we also pray to Jesus and the Holy Spirit? Yes. Christians pray to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, for they are one God with the Father. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 7 verses 59 and 60. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Revelation 22 verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Acts 1 verse 24. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen. 1 John 5 verses 13 to 15. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. The Lord's Prayer, the First Petition Hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we, as the children of God, also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. We introduce ourselves by name so that others will get to know us and relate to us. Why is knowing and respecting someone's name necessary for a meaningful relationship? Read Luke 11, verses 9-13. through 13. How does Jesus teach us to honor his Father's name? As Christians, we honor, or hallow, God's name as Father when we call on him in faith, proclaim his love for us, and live according to his word. In what ways can I honor my Father's name today? Question 250. What is the connection between this petition and the second commandment? They both deal with the name of God and our use of it. The commandment requires that we do not misuse his name or slander his reputation. Here we pray that we may use it properly. Exodus 20 verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Question 251. What is meant by God's name? God and his name cannot be separated. His name includes who he is, what he does, and his very presence among us. Isaiah 42 verse 8. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Psalm 9 verses 1 and 2. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Numbers 6, verses 23 to 27. Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Note, God's name is repeated three times. Exodus 20, verse 24. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Question 252. What are we asking when we pray that God's name be kept holy? We pray that God our Father would help us to keep his name holy by a. Speaking truthfully about his word. Jeremiah 23, verse 28. Let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. John 17, verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. b. Living according to his word. Matthew 5, verse 16. Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Ephesians 4, verse 1. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Read Luke 19, verses 1 through 9, about Zacchaeus, who resolved to live the Christian life after coming to faith. Question 253. How is God's name profaned? Our Father's name is profaned, that is, dishonored. a. When anyone teaches something as his word, that is in fact not his word. Jeremiah 23, verse 31. Behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who use their tongues and declare, declares the Lord. b. When anyone lives contrary to his will as expressed in his word. Romans 2, verses 23 and 24. You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Question 254. How should we deal with those who dishonor God's name? A. We should gently admonish those who unknowingly misuse God's name in speech or in teaching. Galatians 6 verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. 2 Timothy 2, verses 23-25 Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. b. We should firmly rebuke those who persist in their errors and refuse to repent. Titus 1 verse 9 He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that you may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Titus 3 verse 10 As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. The Lord's Prayer, the Second Petition Thy Kingdom Come What does this mean? The Kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How does God's Kingdom come? God's Kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit, so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. Every kingdom or nation on earth is continually plagued with problems. 
If God has ushered in his kingdom through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, why do we still see so many problems in the world today? Read John 18, verses 33-40. to 40. How did Pilate misunderstand the nature of Jesus' kingdom and his rule as king? As Christians, we believe and confess that Christ's present but hidden reign as king is being extended by the Spirit through the gospel. It will be fully revealed when Christ returns in glory. Since we know that Christ will return to bring an end to the devil's present work of unbelief, sin, and death, how should we live today? Question 255. What is the kingdom of God for which Jesus teaches us to pray? It is the gracious rule and reign of God that, a. was promised in the Old Testament. Exodus 15 verse 18. The Lord will reign forever and ever. 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 and 16. God made this promise to David. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Isaiah 9, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. B. Was ushered in by Jesus' incarnation, public ministry, death, and resurrection. Mark 1 verse 15. Jesus said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. C. Comes to us here and now by his Spirit through the Word. Luke 17, verses 20 and 21. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. John 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Romans 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is not a manner of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. D will be brought into its fullness when Christ restores all things and returns in glory. Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Matthew 25, verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Revelation 11, verse 15. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign for ever and ever. Read Revelation 21 verse 5 and 22 verses 1 to 5.
where we hear that God is making all things new. The kingdom of God and the Lamb will be in the middle of the heavenly city. The fullness of the kingdom will be perfect righteousness, peace, and joy, according to Isaiah 11, verses 1-9. Question 256. What does it mean that the kingdom of God comes without our prayer? God's gracious rule and reign does not depend on our prayers or efforts. Yet Jesus teaches us to seek God's kingdom and pray for it. Luke 12, verses 31 and 32. Seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Question 257. What do we ask and seek from our Father in this petition? We ask that the kingdom of God would come among us, and so we pray that a. God would give us his Spirit, so that we may believe his word and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Psalm 51, verses 11 and 12. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Isaiah 55, verse 11. My word shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. 1 Peter 2, verse 12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. b. God's word would be proclaimed throughout the world, also by us, that his Spirit might bring others under his gracious reign. Acts 4, verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Matthew 9, verse 38. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1. Finally, brothers, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, as happened among you. C. Jesus would return soon and fully manifest his rule. Philippians 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 22, verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Question 258. What are the benefits of living under God's gracious rule? Christ is risen and ascended to the Father's right hand. From there, he sanctifies those who believe in him by sending the Holy Spirit into their hearts to rule comfort, and make them alive. Colossians 1 verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 2 Timothy 4 verse 18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Colossians 3 verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Acts 26 verse 18 The Holy Spirit used Paul as a servant and witness to the Gentiles, to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, 
and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Read Matthew 5. In the Beatitudes, Jesus encourages us by showing us how his kingdom upends all earthly kingdoms and expectations. In Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 32, St. Paul describes the new life in which we no longer walk in the futility of a mind that does not know our Lord and King. Question 259. Does God rule only over believers? No. God rules as the Creator over all people and the entire world in order to maintain and sustain His creation, the kingdom of power. God's rule over Christians is a gracious and saving rule, the kingdom of grace, that looks forward to the resurrection of the body and the restoration of God's entire creation when Christ returns, the kingdom of glory. Psalm 103, verse 19. The Lord has established His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom rules over all. Question 260. How does God rule as king over His creation? God rules over His creation by a. His goodness in providing for the life and well-being of all creatures. Acts 14, verses 16 and 17. In past generations, He allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. b. His power as he restrains evil from overwhelming his creation and holds everyone accountable to him as their creator. Hebrews 1 verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Read Romans 13, verses 1-7, to about God ruling through earthly authorities to restrain evil and encourage good. The Lord's Prayer, the Third Petition Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hollow God's name or let his kingdom come, and when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. This is his good and gracious will. Christians have always encountered obstacles when bringing the gospel to the world. What obstacles do you see in the world today that hinder the spread of the gospel or keep people from knowing Jesus? Read Matthew 26, verses 36 to 56. What obstacles did Jesus encounter on his journey to the cross? As Christians, we pray here that God would not allow any obstacle to stand in the way of his gracious will, namely, that his word and kingdom be extended. What things in my own life threaten to pull me away from the word of God? Question 261. What is the will of God? God's will is that all people come to know Him as their Father and live under the rule of His Son. This petition is closely related to the petitions that His name be hallowed and His kingdom come. Ezekiel 18, verse 23. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live? John 6, verse 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, 
and I will raise him up on the last day. 1 Timothy 2.4 God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Question 262. What is the specific focus of this petition? We ask that God, in keeping with his will, would never allow Satan, the world, and our sinful flesh to take God's name and faith from us. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. 1 John 2 verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away, along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Romans 7 verse 18 For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Read Genesis 3 verses 1 to 7 and see how the devil tempted humanity to sin. Luke 22 verses 54 to 62, how Peter's fear of Jesus' enemies brought about Peter's fall. And Joshua 7 verses 18 to 22, how Achan's sinful nature led him to steal. Question 263. How does God do this? God restrains Satan, breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose. Psalm 23, verses 4 and 5. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 1 Peter 1, verse 5. By God's power, you are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. B. God strengthens us with his word so that we can endure the sufferings that will come. Romans 8, verse 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. 1 Peter 2, verses 20 and 21. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. Note, as his, God's, name must be hallowed and his kingdom come whether we pray it or not, so also his will must be done and succeed. This is true even though the devil with all his followers raise a great riot, are angry and rage against it, and try to exterminate the gospel completely. But for our own sakes, we must pray that, even against their fury, his will be done without hindrance among us also. We pray that they may not be able to accomplish anything, and that we remain firm against all violence and persecution and submit to God's will. Read Genesis 50, verses 15 to 21, and see how God hindered the evil will of Joseph's brothers. Job 1, 
chapters 1 to 2 verse 6. How God refuses to let the devil destroy Job. And Acts 9 verses 1 to 19. How, in accordance with God's will, Paul is converted. Question 264. When will Satan's defeat be complete? A. Christ has already defeated Satan by means of his life, death, and resurrection. 1 John 3 verse 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. B. God has promised that Satan will be banished forever, and with that, death will be put to death and our sinful nature stripped away. Romans 16 verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 1 John 3, verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 to 53. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Question 265. What is God's will for my life? God wants me, A, to become and remain his child through faith in Jesus, B, to live as his adopted child according to his word and bear witness to Christ. C, to resist the devil and all that would prevent these things. Question 266. Should I be anxious about discerning God's precise will in my daily decisions? God has given clear commands about many manners of daily life in the Ten Commandments. However, God also leaves many other daily decisions up to us what to eat, where to go to school, what kind of car to purchase, and so on. We need not worry about trying to discern God's precise will when making these kind of decisions, for we know that we live under his fatherly care. Question 267. How can I make decisions as a Christian about everyday matters? A. God gives me freedom to make my own decisions in everyday matters. He has provided the Ten Commandments to guide my decision-making, He also invites me to pray for wisdom in choosing the best course of action according to his word. b. In making decisions, I can also consider the many gifts that God has provided me in my everyday life, my specific calling, my abilities and interests, the needs of those around me, the opportunities he has laid before me, and the counsel and wisdom of others. c. Finally, I can pray for God's blessing on my decisions knowing full well that I daily sin much and can never completely avoid sin in this life. I live each day in the forgiveness of sins in Jesus, knowing that my God is a God of blessing who promises to work all things for my ultimate good. Thank you for listening to the explanation of our Christian faith as found in Luther's Small Catechism, brought to you by St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida. 
This podcast is from Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation, copyright 1986-2017, copyright 1986 Concordia Publishing House. Used with permission, all rights reserved. Purchase a print copy of Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation. Please contact CPH at 800-325-3040 or visit them at cph.org.